Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today we've got a crazy nuclear revenge story involving a stepmother's $5,000 dress. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, boyfriend cheated, so I made him get a face tattoo before his job interview. I wouldn't pretend not to know that there are many vices in this world, but I spent a lot of time deluding myself into thinking that it didn't matter. Not intentionally, though. It was because I hadn't experienced any myself. As a kid, I lived in a sleepy neighborhood where the craziest thing that happened was when a hardware store near my street got vandalized with graffiti. I had never gotten mugged, never gotten into a fight, not even a yelling match with my bratty younger sister whenever she stole my clothes. Okay, maybe that happened one time. I've never been cheated on or dumped by a guy. I usually do the dumping. This streak lasted throughout my time in high school till I got to my third year of college. That was where it all fell apart. In spectacular fashion, I have to add. I wasn't only cheated on, I was also dumped when I found out and confronted my boyfriend, let's call him Kyle. I have to say, being on the other end of a breakup for the first time hurt way more than I expected. And being the kind of person I was and still am, I couldn't let it go. I got my revenge in a way that would make him face the consequences of his actions, pun intended. Let's start with how Kyle and I came to be in a relationship. The irony of that is that it all started with a bad breakup. I came back to my dorm one afternoon after the final paper of my second semester midterm test. I had spent my waking hours of the past week basically cramming all that had been taught in the new semester. I'm not the type of person that studies when I'm supposed to. I like to leave it all till a week or two before I have an important test or examination. I love the rush was what I told the people that dared to ask. I was done with the test and all I wanted was to sleep for a few days and maybe catch up on some of my favorite series when I woke up. But as soon as I crept up on my bed and closed my eyes to what was supposed to be the best rest I'd had in a while, my phone rang and it was my best friend and course mate Tori. I ignored it the first time because I was already invested in sleeping. She called again, which I also ignored. When she called the third time, I knew that something was wrong. Tori was the type of person that doesn't call more than twice in a row. I picked up the call and half yelled at her to leave me alone. She told me that there was an emergency and I needed to meet up with her as soon as possible. I asked her what the problem was, but she wouldn't tell me. I got scared and decided to pull on some clothes and meet up with her in her apartment. When I got there, she still wouldn't tell me what was going on. She just told me to follow her, which I did. We got to a dessert shop, and to my utmost disappointment, the big emergency was the fact that her flatmate and our mutual friend Maya was stress eating. Her boyfriend, who she had thought she was going to get married to, broke up with her. Apparently, he couldn't tolerate the fact that she was asexual and wasn't as sexually inclined as he was. She was pretty hurt by the breakup and she was grieving the only way she knew how to, stress eating. When we got there, she was already on her third bowl of brownie sundae. We stopped her from eating anymore because she'll only regret it the next day. We stayed in the dessert shop for another few minutes consoling her. Personally, I didn't see why she was making a fuss about it. I never liked her boyfriend, Ahmed. He was an arrogant, misogynistic jerk who thought he was better than everyone. 
and I thought she was better off without him. She finally agreed to leave the dessert shop and we took her to the apartment. I thought it was all over and soon enough I'll be able to go back to my bed and get some well deserved sleep. But Tori had other plans. When I tried to leave, she announced an impromptu girls night out. Now I've never been opposed to girls nights out but I really wanted to get some sleep. I told her I wouldn't be able to go out with them but she wasn't taking no for an answer owing to the fact that we did the same course. I couldn't lie to her that I still had another test the next day and I needed to study. I had no choice because I've always been the instigator of all the past girls' nights out and even when it wasn't convenient for them, they still tried to show up. The time was set and even though I wasn't dressed for an outing, I didn't bother to go back to my apartment. If I did, I might decide to take a 10 minute power nap which will inadvertently last the whole night. I decided to borrow one of Tori's dresses and we went to a club a few blocks away from the apartment. I was still feeling really tired, so I decided to hang back when Tori and Maya went dancing. I stuck to club soda instead of the shots of tequila Maya ordered. After a moment, the bartender slid a glass of strawberry daiquiri to me. Confused, I pushed back the glass and told him I didn't order the drink. He smiled at me and pointed to a guy seated at the end of the bar. The guy waved at me and started to walk over. Ordinarily, I wasn't in the mood to talk to anyone, but Tori and Maya seemed to be having a good time on the dance floor, and I still needed to wait for them before I headed home. No harm in talking to the handsome-looking guy. In hindsight now, I should have just joined my friends at the dance floor. I wouldn't have had to talk to him, and maybe things wouldn't have turned out the way they did. He came over and introduced himself as Kyle. He was a final-year business student. I also introduced myself, and we started talking. He asked why I was sitting at the bar alone and I explained the Maya situation to him. He could relate because a friend of his had also gone through a bad breakup and he also had to be there for him. He decided that since I was keeping my friend company, he'd like to keep me company. I thought it was sweet. I mean, I know he was just trying to get into my pants, but at least he was being a gentleman about it. That was good enough for me and right there I'd already decided in my mind that I was going to hook up with him. A one night stand to cool off the pressures of the midterm tests, no biggie. We talked for over an hour on topics ranging from school to the couple at a corner of the club who were engaged in a serious makeout session. When Tori and Maya were ready to go, I was kind of disappointed that Kyle didn't try to make a move on me. But when we stepped outside the club, he walked with me and asked if we needed a ride home. I told him that it wasn't necessary because Maya and Tori's apartment was close by and he asked about me, if I'd like a ride since my place was further away. Before I could even answer, Tori came up with another brilliant plan, which was to turn girls' night out into a sleepover. I was pissed off because that was my chance to get with Kyle, but I agreed to the sleepover and said bye to Kyle. Before I left, he told me that he would like to see me again. He asked for my number and invited me for a coffee date the next day. I didn't know how to answer at the moment because I wasn't looking for a relationship. All I wanted was a quick lay, but still, I didn't want to say no to Kyle. He was there for me that night and he was the perfect gentleman. So I gave him my number and told him I'd think about his coffee date proposal. I didn't think about the coffee date. As soon as I got to Maya and Tori's apartment, I lay on Maya's bed and slept off till the next day. I didn't remember Kyle until he texted me that evening. I called him and we talked for a while. I eventually agreed to go out with him. A few days later, we went to see a movie at the nearby cinema. After the movie, we got Froyo and talked while he walked me home. Throughout our entire date, I was actively looking for something wrong with Kyle. 
a red flag if you will, to dissuade me from falling for him, but there was nothing, at least nothing I could see. We went out a few more times before he even invited me over to his place. When he did, we had dinner, watched a movie, and he walked me home. At one point, I started to think that he was asexual like Maya, and I started to wonder what that would mean for our relationship. Eventually, we had that talk, and he explained that he couldn't get intimate with anyone he wasn't romantically attracted to. That was why I felt so special when he asked me to be his girlfriend, and we got intimate for the first time. For the first few months, we were inseparable, mostly because I'd fallen really hard for him and partially because we were going at it like a couple of honeymooners. I wasn't even going back to my apartment anymore. I had all I needed at his place and it was almost like I'd moved in. Eventually, I decided that we needed our privacy and moved back to my place after we had one too many fights about who left the toilet seat open. We were going strong and I could already picture our wedding and honeymoon in the Maldives, something I never did for any of my past boyfriends. I was so crazy about him that one day, on a dare, I went with Maya and Tori to a tattoo parlor and tattooed his name on my chest. It was a stupid and impulsive move but I did it because my friends didn't like him as much as I did. They thought he was pretentious and that he was hiding stuff, so I had to show them how sure I was of him. Big mistake. Turns out my friends were right and I was about to find out. We were already one year and two months into our relationship and Kyle had already graduated from college. He was applying for jobs and companies around and hadn't gotten any replies. It was starting to get frustrating for him. I tried my best to be the perfect girlfriend for him at the time. I had friends who were well connected in the business world and I made one or two phone calls and he was asked to apply. He did, and he was asked to come in for an interview. As the day of the interview came close, Kyle decided that he needed his space to prepare for the interview. I respected his decision, but a few days later I decided to grab some lunch and take it to his place. As soon as I got to his place, I knew something was off. A pair of female sneakers was outside the apartment and they were not mine. I tried to keep an open mind and stepped into the house. As soon as I got to the bedroom, my fears were confirmed. He wasn't alone in the apartment. My boyfriend, who I thought was preparing for his interview, was with another girl. And they weren't just sitting around TV if you get what I mean. It hurt so bad because I never saw the signs. He never pegged me as a cheater. He'd been perfect for so long and he had me fooled. I was heartbroken, but I also had so many questions. Last I checked, he told me he was demisexual and couldn't get with any girl he wasn't romantically attracted to. Was he lying about that? Or did he not love me anymore? I still don't know the answer to that till today, but it didn't matter. He cheated on me. That was unforgivable. I stepped into the bedroom and before I could even yell out my anger, Kyle dumped me right there. His reason? He wasn't feeling the relationship anymore and needed to discover who he was outside of us. Funny how this didn't come up when I was helping him look for a job. I told my friends Tori and Maya, and they devised a plan to get back at him. That night, I invited him to a bar to talk. When he showed up, I didn't even try to tell him anything because I was still really pissed. But I wanted to keep up the appearance of a pleading ex who wanted her man back. I passed him a drink, which had been spiked with a heavy sedative. He drank it, and he started to feel drowsy less than five minutes later. I called the cab and instead of taking him home, I directed the cab to the tattoo parlor where I'd gotten my tattoo 
and I paid the tattoo artist to write an anti-Semitic phrase boldly on his face. When it was done, the girls and I took him to his place and dropped him on the bed before leaving. The next day, I woke up to more than 20 missed calls from Kyle and some really nasty texts. His interview was the next day, and there was no way he could get the tattoo out on time. And there was no way in heck he would be given the job with the tattoo on his face. The company CEO, who was my friend's friend, was Jewish. He threatened to call the police, and I told him to go ahead. Nobody was going to believe that he was knocked out by a girl and was tattooed against his will. It's just too absurd a story. Now, I don't know what back room underground tattoo parlor this is, but no tattoo artist who is even mildly respective of their job and cares about it is going to do that because that is instantly a way to make sure that you are never having a tattoo license ever again. That said, our next story is... I ruined my stepmother's $5,000 dress. My school had this very embarrassing culture of making students who failed the year take extra classes during the summer and write the exam again to be promoted. After their exam, they would be coached for the next term just so that they could perform better and not need holiday lessons the next break. Children who had parents who wanted their child to be on top of the class, come resumption, could also make their kids attend the summer school classes. It was very humiliating to be found in Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Summer school when your mates were on vacations, chilling at home, or visiting each other. I had never gone for any summer school program. The closest I came was having a private lesson teacher. To go to school and face the humiliation of being in summer school with the class worsts, that was so unlike me. At least until my father brought Lisa home to live with us. 
She forces us to go for summer coaching, and she got the reward of her action. My dad was dating a young woman, Lisa, that me and my brothers only knew from a distance. We were happy for my dad at first because he was finally getting his dating game on. But when he met the woman, none of us really liked her. It still didn't bother us because the only time we saw her were on weekends when she came for movie nights or any other random moments when we met. But when our father announced that she was going to live with us, reality dawned on my siblings and I. I don't know what we were thinking. Maybe we somehow didn't reason things down to the point where a guy eventually gets married to the woman he'd been dating. Somehow our minds skipped that and we just had hopes that because she had such a terrible attitude, their relationship would end in a way my dad would not get hurt. We talked about all these things as siblings do, but did we tell our dad? No. We couldn't break his heart that way, especially since it had been a long time since he was in the dating market. Now, the man loved a woman that we did not like. So you can see how freaked out we were when my dad told us Lisa was moving in. I was probably the most annoyed because I'd gotten used to being the only female in the house. My dad used to say that he wished I had a mother to tell me all the things women told their daughters, someone to talk to. I always told him that it was fine and I knew he was doing his best. During my periods, my brothers and my dad pampered me. They also studied my cycle to know when I was going to be in a horrible mood and steer clear of my path. They also made it a competition to try to cheer me up when I was in those moods. Maybe having another female would not have been so bad if it wasn't Lisa. She was the antagonist I was sure would upset the balance of how things worked in our home. The day came for her to move in, and just as my brothers and I predicted, she came with her clothes and other belongings with an extra load of bossiness. The literal first thing she said when she walked into our house was that now that she was going to live there, she would like to redecorate everything more beautifully. My dad heard, but all he said was that it would be good to have a feminine perspective on decor and furnishing. He said he lacked that and just put anything anywhere. But he forgot that we'd been living like that, and we liked the fridge to be closer to the living room that was stuffed inside the kitchen because our fridge was always stocked with soda and leftover takeouts from restaurants that we just wanted to heat up and munch on. Lisa did not like that idea. She wanted any food we ate at home to be cooked at home, overseen by her. Obviously she would say that because the only person who could actually cook was her. She made it a point to make that I was a growing woman and I should have known how to make meals for my family. I was only 11 years old then, and she made it sound like I was done with college and didn't know how to fry eggs, which I could by the way. Things changed in our house. We now had to wake up an hour earlier so that we could get to school hours earlier and use the library before other students resumed. There were no more Saturday movie nights, even though Lisa called for them. Nobody just wanted to see a movie with her. Plus, we knew that her pick would have been something educational or motivation, and we wanted action. She said no to that, so that marked the end of movie nights for us. As if that wasn't enough, she also limited our screen time and had us drop all of our devices on the dining table when we were going to bed. She oversaw homework and assignments, made sure we went to bed early, had a healthy home-cooked dinner and got up early for school the next day. And what did she do all day? I don't know, she was just always home cooking, cleaning, rearranging, and buying up more things we didn't need for the kitchen. Her reason was that cooking was cheaper, but the total sum of kitchen appliances, food stuff, and cooking gas that we bought far exceeded what we would have spent on a family-sized pizza or pasta every evening. Hmm. Coming back after school every day weighed our spirits down. 
It was dreadful once the bus dropped us, and we knew we'd have to face questions from Lisa about how school went. She asked the darndest things as if we would love to tell her about our love lives or teachers who gave us problems. My dad never encroached on my personal life in the past, and I was used to that. I also made it known to Lisa that I wasn't comfortable with her asking those questions. His only solution to that was telling me that as a girl, I needed to be able to share things and not be quiet. I wonder what she told my brother. So on one occasion, I asked my dad if I could pack extra clothes to school so that I'd go home with my best friend after school. He agreed, like he always had, and phoned my best friend's mother to let her know. I guess he kind of forgot to tell Lisa. I was glad because I had my reasons for not telling Lisa too. When my dad picked me up on Saturday, Lisa was in the car too. The whole ride, she was yammering about how unsafe it is to sleep over in a house of a friend that had older brothers. She called off any sleepovers in her place again. But I had older brothers too and my best friend's parents never stopped her from coming home with me. My dad never stopped me from going over to her place. I looked over at my dad who was driving to hear what he would say. I had to call his attention and all he could say was, She's right, honey. Once we got home, I ran up the stairs and refused to come down for lunch or dinner. One of my brothers snuck some chow into my room at night and we ate it together, talking about how much we hated Lisa. I remember multiple times when she showed up for my games in school and my teachers or my mates called her my mother. I would blatantly shout out that she was not my mother and one day I said she will never be my mother. My dad got to hear of this because Lisa heard me. There, it dawned on me that it was a big deal for my dad. He actually planned on proposing to the woman. When he called me into his room and showed me the ring, I almost fainted. My head was light as a feather and I was having blurry double vision. My dad was not annoying. He was not angry at me. He was stoked to tell me that he was going to propose to Lisa on a date. It was the night of the day I screamed that Lisa was never going to be my mother and what my dad did was to show me an engagement ring. It was like he wasn't listening to us. He was listening to no one but Lisa. My brothers and I started suspecting that she had him under a spell or something, or love potions that made him do what she wanted and only what she wanted. My brothers and I had always called her a witch, so we just continued with the narrative. To joke around, we sometimes rejected fruits and food when she served it, secretly calling it poisoned and if you eat it, you'll fall in love with her like our father did. The holidays were coming closer and that meant we were going to have to get used to staying the whole day in the house with Lisa. It didn't get long before we started feeling like she was trying to get rid of us. She was always asking what we were going to do with our break. It wasn't something we usually discussed but at that time there was nothing normal with our home anymore. Soon after, she suggested summer school. When my brothers and I heard it, we instinctively tried to perform better in our final exams so that we wouldn't have to go to summer school. One thing we knew was that if Lisa wanted us to do something, she would make us do it. I remember reading so hard for those exams. My best friend got to hear of our crazy new wannabe stepmother's will for us to go to summer school. She heard it from me because I needed all the help I could get to make sure I would never attend the summer coaching. Unfortunately for me, Lisa's suggestion had nothing to do with whether we performed poorly in school or not. She made us register for the summer lesson, but we were determined not to go. I don't know what she told my dad or how she convinced him to also get us to summer camp, no matter how we protested, but dad, 
You never let us go before. Dad, we need to rest for the next session. I plan to use this break to train in football. None of these excuses worked. My dad was totally sold over to her idea and it irked me. No matter how much we frowned, sulked, and didn't want to talk to anyone, my brothers and I went to summer school that year. Soon, other people got to know. I was too ashamed that I was in summer school that I couldn't even say that it was my stepmother who forced me to go with no just cause. Others would have thought I failed, except my classmates who actually knew. We went each day thinking that Lisa took that decision because she wanted us to be better than our classmates the coming year. That was until it dawned on us that she was only trying so hard to keep us away from the house as much as possible. During the summer, my dad also took a leave from work and that meant Lisa and him were free to go anywhere, anytime, and that is what they did. On one of those days that they went out, my dad finally proposed to Lisa. I had already told my brothers what our dad said he would do, so we were just waiting silently for the day our gloom would turn to our final doom. The news hit us like when you'd been warned of a natural disaster and all you could do was wait for it to happen. Lisa's smile was as wide as her one ear was far from the other. It was ironic how they always went out to eat, but we were forced to cook what we eat. I was so horrified that Lisa was soon going to be my mother that I could have pulled out my hair from the root to relieve the pain. They fixed a wedding date and started making preparations. Lisa booked the hall, the decorations, everything. She didn't even let her soon-to-be husband's children make any decision on their father's wedding. We had always played around with how I wanted to be a bridesmaid to the bride just for the fun of it. Now, Lisa was making all the decisions and choosing only her friends to fill the bridal train. That about did it for us. Our father was getting married too, and she didn't have to make it all about her. Then there was the $5,000 dress that she bought. It was beautifully adorned with stones and shines beautifully, but I hated it the moment that I saw it because it was for Lisa. I wasn't going to let her wear that gorgeous dress. Honestly, I don't know what came over me. My dad and brothers weren't home and Lisa had her friends over. They were in the living room squealing, excited about the bags of bridesmaid dresses, jewelry, and most of all, the bride's dress they just bought. Her friends went on and on about how she managed to score the perfect man and how they just wished they could find a man like my dad. I felt she was using him. Indignation burned inside of me as she bragged more and more about herself and her man, my dad. I just waited. When her friends left and she saw them off, I ran to the bag where I knew her dress was. I tore open the bag and with all the strength I could muster, I yanked at the dress. It gave way a bit, but not enough to quench my anger. I ran into the kitchen, still burning hot with fury, grabbed a scissors and a knife, and destroyed the gown until I was satisfied. I looked at my work. It was perfect. Strips of the gown were scattered everywhere. Then I bolted. I took off. I really didn't know where I was going, but when I came back, my dad, Lisa, and my brothers were staring at the ruined wedding dress. Lisa wailed her entire makeup off. My dad was dumbfounded. He got to find out that we were never in support of their marriage in the first place. Lisa argued that I should be punished, but my dad said that he didn't know me to be a destructive child. For the first time in a while, he listened to us. He felt sorry for all that he put us through. Lisa packed her things and was back to living somewhere else. My dad had to visit her to stop the wedding plans because his kids mattered to him. 
While I don't necessarily think the kids should have full control or full say about whether or not you can or can't go forward with this wedding, it definitely was a huge red flag that this guy was all in on solely her decisions and ignoring what any of their family was thinking. It's one thing if you have like obviously biased parents, but these were his kids that he was super close with that he was just looking right past. Maybe just because he wanted a relationship so badly. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.